Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. And welcome, not just a sports report, uh, we're going to keep this intro nice and short. What's today all about? Today's podcast, it's the NRL round, let me brace for it. It's 14, is it 15? Bad start, bad intro. What round are we? Emergency round check, 15. Thought so. This is the round 15 preview for the NRL. Uh, welcome back, if you're a repeat listener much appreciated. And if it's your first time, well, today's preview podcast, essentially, I like to stick mainly to the games, unless there's big news. Uh, But a lot of, I don't know, for example, like a 360, we'll talk about a lot of other factors around the game. And one thing I always wanted to do with this podcast, I was try and make the main focus on the footy, which plenty of other podcasts do very well. Uh, Plenty of other TV outlets do as well, but that's the focus of today. Round 15, we've at least worked out what round we're in, or I've worked out what round we are in, and there's eight games. Only one team with the bye, that is the Cowboys. You have the Broncos and Panthers heading into this round on top of the ladder. And this competition, as good as it has ever been, like I said though, we're going to keep this intro nice and short. So now, there is nothing else to do but get amongst it. This is the NRL Round 15 Preview. It may not be schoolies, but we are on the Gold Coast. To kick off Round 15, Thursday night, the 13th placed Gold Coast Titans, who, if you listen to the weekend rap podcast I did for Round 14, uh, look, there's a lot of talk of like, If Titans had got a couple of things right, they could be sitting on top of the ladder. Well, they're 13th, uh, defense clearly not up to scratch. This is, now that they're starting to drop down the ladder, this is proving as a must-win game for the Gold Coast Titans, who last round headed into the weekend in ninth spot, challenging for a position in the eight, uh, but on the back of the loss to the Rabbitohs, they now sit 13th, and they've got the 16th place Tigers here, Thursday night at Seabus Super Stadium. A team that if Gold Coast don't get their shit together, well, the West Tigers are steadily improving. Tigers will be looking to take Gold Coast's spot and move up. So Gold Coast, this is a huge game for them to arrest some of their concerns from the start of the season. There's one thing stopping them from playing finals right now, and it's very clear. It's their defense. As for the Tigers... Well, the game looked gone against the Raiders, but Jareem Buller, Luke Brooks, John Bateman, uh, and the like, they lifted the Tigers, and after a Luke Brooks field goal, Tigers looked like they were going to get a huge win over the Raiders, and a win who, you never know, could have sparked the Tigers on a run to the finals, albeit an unlikely one. Uh, So that was a costly loss for the Tigers, but they'll be looking for a bounce back here, as will the Gold Coast Titans. Interesting game to open us up. 
two sides outside of the top eight, but when you look at how competitive the season is, and when you consider the fluctuations uh, throughout the season on the ladder, this is a huge game. These are two sides who are not yet out of the race for the finals. For the Gold Coast Titans, it's defense. It's the glaring issue. That is what is holding them back. And whilst West Tigers highly unlikely to play finals this year, they're finally on the up. So there are going to be a few more wins to come this year. And given the competitors in that squad, they will not have given up on finals. But I think the focus from Tim Sheens, Benji Marshall, it's not so much about just 2023 and whether they play finals or not. Uh, it's building for a long-term, sustainably strong club. And when you look at someone like Jareem Buller at the very beginning of his career, Tigers are starting to get some things right. They've brought in some marquee names. Luke Brooks, uh, probably the most criticized player within their squad, but he's still, like he's not old by any means, but he's got a lot of experience. And he was a Tigers supporter growing up. So now Luke Brooks, respectfully to the guys in the Tigers lineups of the past, but now Luke Brooks has some real guys to work with. You've got Ice on the edge, uh, John Bateman on the other edge, guys like Stafford Toa, Junior Tupo playing out of their skin, Jareem Buller. I mean, this could be their answer. They really haven't had someone who's owned that position ever since James Tedesco left. Well, Jareem Buller has truly filled the void. So Tigers, they're on an upward trajectory. As far as where the Gold Coast are at, it's just that one area, isn't it? It's defense. Now, quickly going over team news, Brimson, back in the lineup for Gold Coast. He'll be playing fullback and Jaden Campbell 5'8", uh, which is interesting. I think a lot of people might have thought it would be the other way around heading into this year, but I actually love the idea of giving Jaden Campbell a crack at 5'8". And there's been so much talk over the season of like, oh, he's got to be in their lineup. How do you include Jaden Campbell? Well, if Brimson's first choice fullback and Kieran Foran is first choice 5'8", by allowing him to play some time in the halves, it just means when a position opens up, you can put Jaden Campbell in the side. He's re-signed with the team, huge part of the future. And I mean, as he develops, he could be a gun, gun 5'8". And yeah, he's small, but you know who else is small? Preston Campbell. He's played in the halves, he's played at dummy half, played at fullback. So Campbell's got the right genes to take this on. And that allows Brimson to just focus on being a fullback and not chop and change his position. He's one of your star players. I like it. I like it a lot. We'll have to see whether it pays off for Justin Holbrook. David Fafita rested. Of course, with the origin period, I don't mind that. It is a must-win game for the Gold Coast Titans, but it might not be the only one across the rest of the season. And you want David Fafita uh, to be in as good nick as possible if you're heading into the finals. So they're going to rest him here. Brian Kelly back into the side in the centers. Philip Sammy onto the wing. Game 100 for Philip Sammy. So congratulations, Mr. Sammy, sir. Um, what's his name? Sorry, Chris Randall. Chris Randall? Now I'm second guessing myself. Chris Randall out. I think he got suspended. So Sam Verrills, one of their marquee signings and a very important piece of the puzzle. 
Premiership nine, mind you, Sam Verrills starts in the number nine, which I also like. For the West Tigers, they've got the same 17 at this stage, but if you listened to last week's preview, I said they've got a prodigious talent. Dummy half. The rumours won't go away that he's close to getting a crack, maybe as soon as this weekend. I think the name, which I didn't have last weekend, I think it's Talon De Silva, but I could be wrong, and he's a young dummy half, so yeah, I spoke about prodigious talents and how I get excited about it last week, so we'll leave that, but Tigers, same 17, but a prodigious talent waiting in the wings. Uh, now, for stat attack, as always, courtesy of David Middleton and NRL.com, the Gold Coast have won the past four meetings between these two sides. So recent, recent history would suggest that Gold Coast deserve to be favourites in this one. But the stat that really tells me that it's not just recent history, Titans have won nine of the past 11 meetings between these two sides. And yeah, Tigers have struggled, like they're a much better club now than they have been probably over those last 11 meetings. But Gold Coast at no point have been like killing it there are a couple of years they played finals, which would have been around this time, but nine of the past 11 would suggest a team that are known for being inconsistent in the Titans. They're pretty confident. I think they'll head into this one are feeling like they are every chance of a win, but they cannot overlook this 2023 West Tigers, because if Titans think this is going to be a walk in the park, well, they could have another Titans meltdown. One of many that we've seen in recent times. So yeah, if they think Tigers are going to be an easy game, they're not. And Tigers are going to show up with the right attitude. So for Gold Coast, the really the point of difference for me is their attitude. How do they show up, especially in defense? Um, but going into this game, final thoughts? I just guess it's a great way to open the round. It's not first versus second or anything like that. But both sides, still with hopes of playing finals, especially the Gold Coast Titans who play at home here. And a loss in this game, that could be, you know, when all of a sudden they go from being in the mix for the eight to like the media start talking about Justin Holbrook, who was a coach that I rate. Uh, but yeah, they're at a bit of a crossroads here, Gold Coast Titans. We know Tigers are on the up and we know they're going to show up. Will the Titans? Uh, I have no idea, but I'm going to tip the Gold Coast Titans. I just think at home, looking at the stat attack as well, thank you NRL.com, uh, seeing that they've won nine of the last 11 does give me a bit more faith in the Gold Coast Titans, but how they're looking this year, I mean, Tigers are a live chance. There is no doubt about that. But the more I think about this game, the more my head hurts. So I'm just going to lock it in. We're going to take the Gold Coast Titans over the West Tigers. On to the early Friday game. A slot usually not reserved for the bangers of the weekend, but this is a game, and not just because of a massive milestone, but this is a game uh, that holds a great deal of importance to yours truly, me. Not that that's super important, but yeah, I'll get to Croker's 300th in a second because that is by far the most important part. But anyone who's listened to the podcast before, this is more for new listeners. Warriors 
undoubtedly my team. Out of any sport, like every sport that I have a team in, Warriors are my number one across the board. So Warriors, my first team. I grew up in New Zealand, going to the games, watching the players. I mean, this might be a bit of a throwback, but guys like Ofita Pelliasina off the back fence, Sione Falmawina, Monty Beetham, Nathan Fien. There was a period there where Michael Witt was on fire. Uh, but of course today is about Jared Croker. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, I'm a huge Warriors fan through and through. And I've said it before, I support the Raiders as if they are my only team in every single game except when they play the Warriors. So it's always a bit of a conundrum here. Uh, but yeah, I'm happy to see either team win, which is good, like no matter what. I'll be happy if the Raiders win, very happy for Jared Croker, but I'll be even more happy if my number ones, my main guys, the Warriors can get up. Now, why are the Raiders my second team? Well, I grew up in New Zealand watching the games, uh, but my dad grew up in Canberra, so I also grew up watching Raiders games. Always loved the team, um, guys coming through, like young Dugan was dope. A lot of like off-field misdemeanors, a lot of my players that I loved. Milford left, uh, Blake Ferguson had to leave. There were many. There were many over the course of the Raiders' time. And it had been ages since they were even spoken about as a premiership threat. And so then you had the English revival. And to see where Canberra are now, like I had them as my dark horse going into the year. And given that my, they're my second team, it's time to talk about Jared Croker. 300 games. Now he came onto the scene as a youngster in the centres, had success at the Toyota Cup level for the Raiders, and was called into the first side. Now he was one of the centres, another centre, here's a throwback if you know you know, uh, Joel Monaghan, former Australian kangaroo, was the other centre. But Jared Croker, he burst onto the scene, he was one of my favourite players. Like I said, Raiders, my second team. He was one of, if not my favourite player. I was like, I love this young guy. I love the headgear. Uh, it helps him to stand out. I was like, I can notice him on the field as a bit more of a youngster. And for the longest time, he had a streak of games. He never really had any injuries or missed much time. But then came the adversity. And he was not that far off his 300th game. But injuries, uh, form, and just not being able to cement himself in the Raiders' side, given some of the young guys they have to fit in. Croker, at one stage, it really didn't look like he was going to reach this 300-game milestone. So to see him do it, it's unbelievable. It's a credit to how hard he works. And I think the biggest tell of all is that two things, and this is as far as this year, the Raiders had a very poor start to the season. They were easily one of the worst sides in the comp. And at the players' request, the players in the Raiders' side, the senior leaders, and basically everyone, they said, Ricky, we want Jared Croker in the side. So he comes into the side, looking like he was never going to break into the NRL again, potentially. Especially like he was playing reserve grade. He wasn't kicking stones as a captain of the club. He was going down helping the younger guys who were coming through. Uh, no complaints from Jared Croker. Every time he was fit, he was suiting up for the New South Wales Cup side, giving it his absolute best to try to get back into the NRL. 
Now, his first game up against an undefeated Broncos side this year, and they got the job done. They've gone on a run where they've only had that loss to the Sea Eagles. Other than that, flawless in terms of getting two competition points. And to see Jared Croker this weekend, uh, it really is all about Jared. Unfortunately, I want the Warriors to spoil the party. I wish they were playing anybody else. Uh, but for Jared Croker, yeah, biggest congratulations. Easily goes to the Raiders captain. And just to overcome everything he has. Lesser players, they wouldn't have made it up to this point. And 300 games is no laughing matter. He's one of the more underrated players uh, of recent history in terms of the NRL. He offers excellent goal kicking. And yeah, I just don't... I don't know what the future holds. I think this is the last year in Raiders colours for Jared. But if he's taught us anything, I mean, he could be in the lineup next year. But as far as right now, it's about game 300. So Jared Croker, the Raiders, GIO Stadium. This is going to be one of the games of the year. GIO Stadium, it's not often it's like a destination for a huge game, big crowd. Uh, but I have no doubt the Canberra faithful are going to fill that stadium for Jared Croker. He absolutely deserves it. And as a Warriors fan and a Raiders fan, this excites me. We're both fighting for spots in the eight. And right now, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing from both sides, which over the last decade or so, like, usually it's one or the other or both who are going poorly. But it's very rarely that both the Raiders and the Warriors are having a great season. So I'm very excited heading into this game. Massive Canberra crowd. The main man, the main event, it's Jared Croker, his 300 game. Uh, his 300th, rather. And yeah, let's let's get to the rest of the game. But biggest point, of course, Jared Croker's 300th. That is the moment of the round for round 15. I have no doubt about it. And as far as the celebrations, there is nothing I'm looking forward to more than the game itself. Both sides are coming off victories last weekend. For the Raiders, they just got home up against the West Tigers. Whilst Warriors looked very impressive at home against the Dolphins. That was the exact kind of performance we needed after a disappointing loss against the Broncos. And for both sides, they're setting themselves up for a big run through this origin period and then on their way to finals. Big run, but only one of these sides can get the win. So whilst I'll be happy for one, I will be slightly, or actually more than slightly, I'll be devastated for the loser because it will be a big hit for their season as a whole crucial game and it just excites me so much my two teams they are in the mix not often when they come up against each other are there genuine finals implications so it's going to be a big one looking at the teams jared croker 300th game i'll say it 300 times i don't care uh, albert hopawate shifts to the wing what a season he is having nick cottridge to the bench and seb chris back in the fullback jersey. Tell you who else is back, Elliot Whitehead. That is a timely in for the Raiders and he'll be very keen to honor Jared Croker, as will everyone, uh, from fans to Ricky Stewart, to the club, to the players. And there's only one Warriors change. How is this? Jared Croker, game 300, head to head with Ali Layatawa. 
game number one. A young Warriors centre is uh, just, you know, he's come through the grades. We haven't seen much of him because of COVID and the developments there with us being overseas. But we've seen him in New South Wales Cup level, or at least I have. I like him a lot. Even in the preseason, uh, he came off the bench in one of the games. And I knew he was a centre because he played last year in the Redcliffe Dolphins um, under-19s, or under-21s, sorry, grand final, played in the centres. But it seemed like he was playing more of a forward role, and he was killing it in the preseason trial. Been playing in the right centre position from memory, or playing in the centres, played a little bit of wing. And in game number one, I'm super keen. Always very happy to welcome another young face into the Warriors mix and into Warriors history. And I love the contrast. One of these guys gets up. Either Jared Croker gets his moment. It's going to be his moment regardless, but a win would just be the absolute cherry on top. But on the other side, with Warriors being my number one team, sorry to make this about me again, there's nothing I'd love to see more than Ali Layatawa killing it in game one and saying, Jared Croker, congratulations on 300 games. Uh, but I'm here in the NRL, and I want to make some statements. I'm liking some of the options. You know, you've got Viliami Vailea, Rocco Berry, who I liked what I was seeing. Now Ali Layatawa, who honestly, other than New South Wales Cup this year, I haven't seen tons of, but everything I've seen, I've loved. He looks like he's going to be up uh, for the NRL challenge, and what an occasion it's going to be. Packed house at GIO Stadium. For the Raiders... They're racking up the wins, and first and foremost, above Jared Croker's 300th, or on par, is the fact that they're in the Premiership mix. I truly believe that, so they need to get another win here. They're flying under the radar, with a bunch of wins over the last couple of months. Only that loss to the Sea Eagles, which one loss ain't bad. You can't be up all the time, but you know they're going to be up for this game. As for the Warriors, uh, well... Look, I think it's our best squad in well over a decade. And we've had some great teams. I mean, I love Simon Mannering. He is probably my favourite warrior. But over the last decade or so, just as far as the mix of our whole squad, I I can actually confidently say this is my favourite version. So that gives me a lot of confidence as far as the direction we are heading in as a club. And it's going to be a battle of two coaches that I love very much. Andrew Webster just arrived on the scene at the Warriors, a former assistant coach, not just at the Panthers, but also a former assistant at the Warriors. And look, after that Broncos assignment, which was a big test for Andrew Webster to try and get the side uh, just as up as possible, which he, like, it wasn't really on Webster, but the team, I mean, Broncos just outclassed us and out enthused us. And look, Warriors won over the Dolphins last weekend. So Webster got one over Wayne Bennett, a pretty big victory there. But he heads up against Ricky Stewart, who is just a different character of his own. Polarizing guy. Heaps of people don't like him. Raiders are my second team. So of course I love Ricky Stewart. He's actually an amazing guy as well. And he has experience on the board here. So as far as strategy and preparing for this epic contest, in front of what should be a sold-out crowd, Ricky Stewart may have a bit of an edge there in terms of knowing exactly what's required in the lead-up 
and to honor a huge milestone of Jared Croker's 300th. Gonna say it 300 times. Love Jared Croker. Uh, two key battles here as well. Uh, Battle of the Ford Packs, obviously gonna make a major difference. Corey Horsburgh right in the frame for a call-up Origin Game 2. So you know he'll be in for a big performance. Josh Papali'i has the weight of Origin off his shoulders. Now he can focus on the Canberra Raiders and that elusive Premiership. Emre Gula has been outstanding off the bench, uh, but I want to pinpoint one guy from the Raiders and one guy from the Warriors. Now a couple of guys firstly for the Warriors as well, Torhu Harris. I think he's my favorite Warrior right now. Uh, you just know what you're going to get time in, time out. Uh, Dylan Walker, I don't think he's playing here, so big game for Bunty Arfola, Tom Arley. I spoke in the Weekend Rap podcast about how Mitch Barnett, really, really happy to see him back. Uh, but head-to-head battle that I'm most keen for, Adam Fanua Blake, Joseph Tarpanay. Two of my favorite players in the world, given my love for both teams. Raiders, Joseph Tarpanay, especially given he's a Kiwi. I mean, just what he brings. His wife was right a couple of years ago when she was like, Ricky, put him in the fucking team. Give him more minutes. Like, Mrs. Tarpanay copped a fair whack for those comments. But she was totally right. They should sign her as like a recruitment officer or assistant coach. She was bang on the money there. And with Corey Horsburgh emerging, you've still got guys like Trey Mooney are still to come on. Artem Mariota. For the Raiders, it's such a great time. And as Josh Papali'i comes off a time where he was the best front rower in the world, still absolutely contributes massively to the Raiders. But the torch has been passed. Joseph Tarpanay now, probably other than Payne Haas, you'd have to say Tarpanay, best front rower in the world. Last year, he was certainly, undisputably, undisputedly, what's the daisy, the best front rower in the world. So Joseph Tarpanay up against a man who, alongside Payne Haas as well, one of the best front rowers in the world, in career best form, Adam Fanua Blake. He is in scintillating form, scoring tries, that late footwork at the line. Look, Raiders traditionally, as someone who's watched this fixture many a times, the Raiders seem to struggle against the Warriors, no matter where both sides are on the park. And I don't have the stats in front of me, so I could be wrong, but this is just from memory. Like, I remember times, sorry Mr. Croker, but like Conrad Harrell giving Croker some nightmares. And I just think our style with Torhu Harris, his ball playing in the middle, Wade Egan back, Mitch Barnett back, Sean Johnson, Luke Metcalf up against Fogarty and Jack Whiten. I mean, there are so many contests here. Uh, but the main one, in my opinion, Joseph Tarpanay, Adam Fanua Blake. As front rowers, they both bring that world-class X-factor. And to open up the game for your Sean Johnsons, your Whitens, your Metcalves, your Fogarty's, well, who else is going to do a better job of breaking the game wide open other than the front rowers? Tarpanay, Adam Fanua Blake, that is going to be an absolutely mouth-watering contest. And I'm interested to see who can gain the ascendancy. Now, oh, I do have the stats in front of me. Whoops, a daisy. I was just so hyped, as you can tell. Like, I know this isn't really 
I mean, actually, I was going to say this isn't one of the biggest games of the round in, like, neutral fans' eyes, but it's Jared Croker's 300th, so this is actually the biggest game of the round. Fuck yeah, Jared Croker's 300th, baby. Uh, but I do have the stats in front of me. Raiders have won seven of their past eight games. So there you go. And Jared Croker has played in seven of those games. So there you go. Jared Croker, what a guy. Raiders, they're just, they're flying under the radar because they're not fancied as much of a premiership threat as the sides above them and even teams like the Roosters. So they are flying under the radar. And look, they're getting talked about, but there is, or there are concerns still. They had a very poor start to the season, uh, which they've totally turned around. But here's a stat attack for you, or rather, stat defense, or lack of. Raiders have conceded the second most tries this season. So I guess I'm someone who is easily fooled by like, yeah, oh, they've won seven of their past eight. They keep winning, which honestly is still a sign of a very great team because that has been an issue of theirs in the past. So the fact that they're getting two uh, competition points in this run they've gone on, despite conceding the second most tries in the comp, that tells you there's something. There's something there. And if they can get their defense right, that's probably what elevates them from a top eight team into a premiership contender. If they can really you know, level up in defense, which still needs to come. But looking across this side, the potential 100% there for that to happen. Uh, but Warriors, I like our attack. Someone like Luke Metcalf comes into play. And uh, I want Jared Croker to have an awesome 300th. But I want them to concede some more tries. Love the Raiders. Sorry to the Raiders. But yeah, I want them to concede some more tries because... I'm going Warriors to spoil the party. What does it come down to? Purely number one team versus my second team. Raiders, second team. Jared Croker, one of my all-time favorite players. But Warriors, my all-time favorite team. Sorry for the bias pick, but we're locking it in. Warriors over the Raiders. On to the Friday night fixture. Four Pines Park. It's a battle of the sea-based creatures. 10th place Manly, they host the 8th place Dolphins. First time Dolphins have come to Four Pines Park. Maybe they'll have a bev after the game. But most importantly, Anthony Seabold's Manly Seagulls looking to take that spot in the 8. Dolphins looking to hold their place. In fact, looking to do more than hold their place to build on their great start to the season and continue to rise above all the challenges they continue to face. Massive game, Seagulls, Dolphins, we have top in eight implications here. Manly, of course, coming off the bye, whilst Dolphins are one of their more average games against the Warriors, uh, but I think they'll be in for a bit of a bounce back here. They will by no means be an easy assignment for this Manly team. Uh, looking at the teams as well, biggest news, Tom Trebojevic, after the origin knock, uh, he's been cleared. So he's going to play in this game. And I've pinpointed him in this contest as my X-Factor player. I think in a game that could be very tight and need a bit of brilliance to really split the difference, 
Tom Trevojevic is that guy. Now it depends. Is he going to be on the conservative side, protect himself for Origin 2, try to get through the season? Is he going to go all out, Tommy? Which we know produces his best football and definitely when Manly are at their most dangerous. Or is he going to be somewhere in the middle? We'll have to wait and see, but if he can be even just in the middle, he's the X-Factor player in this game, Tom Trebojevic. In a game, it's massive for Manly's season as a whole. Here's a stat for you as well, courtesy of NRL.com. The X-Factor player, Tom Trebojevic, in his past seven games at Four Pines Park, seven tries. Jot him down potentially for an anytime try scorer here. Talking point, as far as Anthony Seabold's Manly team, I don't know exactly where they're at yet. There's still that lingering feeling of flat track bullies. Well, Dolphins are a top eight team, so I actually think this is a great test. And we have questions around Manly, or I certainly do. I think this is a game where both sides are as close to full strength as they can be. I think this is a game where we're going to see what the Sea Eagles are truly made of. Because we know what the Dolphins are made of. There's no real doubts about the Dolphins and where they're at as a team. But for the Sea Eagles, this is a crucial juncture in their 2023 season. Smack bang, in the middle of origin. Now is the time to lift. They need to start to get themselves going. Anytime in a congested season where you're one of the teams outside of the eight, that's all the, all the signs of the universe you need to tell you. You better get going. So Seagulls, that's the vibe here. I do think there is a bit of a home ground advantage. Seagulls quite strong, especially with DCE and Trebojevic. Although no Jake, which could prove to be a difference in this one as well. Dolphins, they are defending their position in the top eight. No Tom Gilbert, which is shattering news for the rest of the season. But Wayne Bennett, he's a mastermind. I think by now, we just don't doubt Wayne. And these boys believe they can play finals this year. They really, truly, not only do they believe it, like they are very, very steadfast that they are going to be there come September. So as far as seeing where both sides are at and having some answers as far as what the rest of the season may look and whether they will or will not be partaking in finals, this is going to be a great game to gather some information. Uh, stat attack, Manly have never played the Dolphins, so no past history. Uh, but here is a stat. David Milton has hooked us up here. Manly, in their last five games against Queensland clubs, zero wins, five losses. Like, for as good as the Seagulls are, there are points where they look like a top four team. But there's just so much rogue shit going on. Like that. And like the flat track bullies tag. 0-5 in their last five against Queensland sides. Got absolutely dicked by the Broncos in Magic Round. And Bennett has a 5-1 record against Anthony Seabold. Although under the Dolphins banner, Wayne Bennett has lost to some of his successes already this year in Jason Demetrio. And, of course, Kevin Walters. Anthony Seabold, another one. I think if there's any time Anthony Seabold's going to get win number two on the board, could be this one. Uh, but Dolphins, ah, I just, I'm always hesitant to tip against them. But we're going to lock it in. I'm going to go the Manly Seagulls. 
and I'm putting it down to the X-Factor player, Tom Trebojevic. You have Haumali Olikawatu on the back of that momentum. I think their middle forwards need to step up. But Daily Cherry Evans, the leader, he's going to have a part to play as well. And I just like Manly. Not too much deep thought behind the selection. I just think at home, they have what it takes. So let's lock it in. Seagulls over the Dolphins. Now we move on to the next. Super Saturday time. What's more super than the 17th place Dragons? We open Saturday off a super day, a super afternoon, evening, and a super night. With the Dragons, the Super Dragons in 17th. Super shit, unfortunately. I mean, I honestly, there's no teams in the NRL that I actually like have any personal dislike towards. I actually like a lot of the Dragons players. All the fans that I've come into contact with, I like. There's nothing personal. I don't like the board and the guys, the decision makers at the team. Um, but yeah, super shit this year. Mainly the board. Not so much. The players have been giving it their all. And there's a lot of promise uh, as far as the future of the Dragons. And I honestly think they're a live chance at a big upset here against the third-placed Rabbitohs. So it is a super game. But I think the term slinger is definitely overused. Dragon season, done. They're probably out of finals, but still. They're playing the Rabbitohs. There's still plenty to play for. This still has a lot of implications as far as the season as a whole, given that the third-place Rabbitohs are involved. Dragons could present, uh, prevent South Sydney from climbing to the top of the table. So big, big game. Last weekend, honestly, Dragons had a very commendable effort up against the Penrith Panthers. And I think if they have a repeat effort here and play like they did in that game, a Dragons upset could be on the cards. I think this is going to be, like for people, if I can put this in simple terms, say you're betting on the game and you're just looking and you're like, okay, South Sydney, yeah, that's a lock. And just throw it in without much thought. I think this could be a real danger game that could fuck up a lot of people's multis. So Dragons, the key for them is going to be show... Whoa. The key for me is to speak English. What the fuck? Pause for a second. Pause. Key for the Dragons, just fucking show up with the right attitude. Repeat effort. Do it again, boys. As for South Sydney, well, they got back in the win column over the Gold Coast Titans. Bit of a messy game, but a win's a win. And they did score nearly 50 points. Uh, but heading into this game, the thing that really gives the Dragons an opportunity here is that the Rabbitohs are undermanned. No Latrell, no Cameron Murray. I mean, respectively, for the backline, the spine, and the forwards, that is such a major hit as far as their overall like game plan to win contests. Throwing that Jai Arrow is out, for about six weeks. Still no Tom Burgess. And South Sydney, they're not at full strength. It's fair to say. So it's going to be a challenge for them. And it's going to be a challenge for the Dragons as well. Who will be desperate to get off the foot of the ladder. Now looking at South Sydney. And some of the guys in positions that are key. And guys that will have to stand up. If the Rabbitohs are to keep their season rolling. Are Blake Taff at fullback. I like this. 
I do like this because if Latrell goes down at any point, especially in the final series, you want Blake Taff to build on the experience he accrued uh, during that season where he played against the Panthers in the grand final. So Blake Taff, certainly a fantastic second string option, uh, but they lose a lot with no Latrell. So for Blake Taff, it's going to be up to him to play to his strengths and he won't be overplaying his hand given that South, their game plan isn't built around him. But a lot of the guys that the game plan is built around, they aren't there this weekend. And it can't just be Cody Walker running the show because if it's just one guy, the Dragons absolutely defensively have the ability to just shut the Rabbitohs down. Especially sometimes Rabbitohs, if they're just like, if they score a couple of tries early, They'll start doing like fancy stuff instead of going and doing what got them the tries in the first place. So there's an opportunity here for the Dragons. But Blake Taff, if he can sprinkle a little bit of his magic on this contest, that'll help put South Sydney on the front foot. Shaq Mitchell, named in the 13th, our 13 jersey. So no trail, but we get Shaq. Love that. Uh, what else have we got? Saliva Havili returning. He is probably one of the more underrated pieces to the Premiership puzzle for the Rabbitohs. Uh, he was great last year. They've missed him. In terms of their form, they haven't missed him. But he's straight back in the team. And I think, he, I think he'll be there as far as their best 17 over the rest of the season. Now for this game in particular, Rabbitohs goal, it's for the next man up to just do their job and then some. They're going to have to do a little bit extra, I think, here than just their role, given that the guys who usually run the show are out. Added responsibility for Damian Cook and Cody Walker, but they are veterans, and they are right in the state of origin frame, as is Keion Kolomatangi. So that, look, what Souths lose with their players out, they gain in terms of motivation with the key players that remain in this side. State of Origin, two just around the corner. And Kolomatangi, I think he's going to get there. Word is Cody Walker. He is going to be the one looking likely to replace Jerome Luai in the halves. And does that mean Damian Cook comes in? Whether he plays off the bench or starts in the number nine. Ah, oh, yeah, huge outs for South Sydney. But the guys there, I mean, they have every motivation they need to not be complacent in a game like this. The key for them, two points. Just bank that two points and make your merry way in the title race. Especially when the Dragons, the most realistic side, you can just say they're not playing finals this year. So for Dragons, if they beat Rabbitohs here, that's a huge hit for South because not a lot of the top teams will be losing games to the Dragons. Just look at Penrith. They found a way to get the job done. So whilst they're at different spots on the ladder, this is a game I'm really intrigued to see play out. As far as the Dragons' motivation though, right now, in round 15, what are they working toward under Ryan Carr? Like, they don't know who their future coach is going to be. Ben Hunt, we don't know if he's going to stay or go. Looks more likely to go. And they just need to avoid the wooden spoon. That's what they're working toward. Uh, which is unfortunate for the club and their fans. I still think, though, and I'm going to reiterate it, Dragons are certainly a live chance 
up against this undermanned bunny's outfit. My point of difference though, I think a couple of things, mainly, you know, Walker, Cook, Kieon, and their origin prospects. Uh, but I just think the real point of difference, South Sydney are on the same page. No matter what the makeup is of their 17, everyone in that squad knows that they're in a premiership window, that that's the goal this year. That's the immediate goal, is a premiership. So despite missing key players and other guys having to step up, day in, day out at training, they are all working toward the same goal, a premiership. And you just can't say that about the Dragons. I know anyone who's listened to the pod before, probably sick of me saying this, uh, but yeah, the Dragons are not working in unison from top to bottom. The board, CEOs and the like, I mean, the way they treated Anthony Griffin, Griffin's gone, Dragons gave up on their season as an organisation before a ball was even kicked this year. Now they've got an interim coach in, Jason Riles has rejected them, Ben Hunt looking likely to go, and they have a great team, some awesome young players, some great experienced players in the mix as well, but they're just different directions. The board's going in one, Ben Hunt's going in another. The fans may be going in a different direction of their own. So just across the board, it's hard for this 17, and I think it's reflected by the ladder. It's hard when the club already gave up on the season to be able to get up and win these tight games like the Panthers games or game and up against these elite sides. Uh, so Dragons, yeah, that's the point of difference. Bunnies, look, they've got adversity with injury, but I think they'll stand tall because they are on the same page. Dragons, they are not even reading the same book. Richie Kenner, quick shout out to Richie Kenner. Uh, it was looking between Thompson and Milne for that right wing position, but Richie Kenner, who's had to fight tooth and nail for every game of first grade he's had, uh, he <laughs> he's having a crack now at saying, you know what, Jason Demetrio, I am your guy. So good luck to Richie Kenner. Glad to see him playing in the NRL. Uh, key battle. I actually think the benches in this game, given that South Sydney a little bit undermanned, I think it'll be a close one. So the momentum from the guys off the pine. For the Dragons, you have Moses Embai, who can practically play anywhere. Jaden Hunt, Josh Kerr, and Zane Musgrove. And they've also, in the starting side, gone with Jaden Sullivan over Talatau Amon. So big call, but I like it. And it keeps, you know, Amon and Sullivan on their toes. But then, yeah, there's the whole Ben Hunt thing. Hurts my head to even, oh, to even think about, you know? It hurts my head to even think about just all these different things at the Dragons. Uh, so let's move on. The game, what have I written down? Dragons have enough quality to shock Souths. Yeah, I know, I've said that quite a few times now. Main man for the Dragons, Ben Hunt. Again, my head hurts. Where's he going to go after this? Who knows? Uh, but he's the main man for the Dragons here. Main man for the Rabbitohs, Cody Walker. Oh no, he limped off at training. He had to finish training early. Uh, this could be as disastrous as Nathan Cleary's toothache, which directly correlated with him now missing Origin 2. Uh, so now Cody Walker left training. He's their main man. And now more than ever, they need him for this game. Has the most try assists in the NRL this year. His attacking threat 
especially considering no Latrell Mitchell in this game. It's paramount for Rabbitohs getting consecutive wins on the board once again. Uh, and with crucial outs, Dragons, now's your chance for the ambush. There is competition for spots in both lineups, uh, so for the guys that are out there, great chance uh, to reprove to their respective coaches. I'm your guy. Put me in the 17 or keep me in the 17. Uh, but South Sydney, they're in the premiership window. Dragons are not. Definitely not for this season. Two players, finally, before I finish off, uh, that I want to earmark. Tevita Totola and Hame Sele, a former Dragon. Uh, I think they're two guys who may not be the first one everyone talks about. But the theme with these two is that whenever there's pressure and someone needs to actually stand up, they do. They are the guys that stand up. So with all these outs, and it can't just be Cody Walker, Colin Matangi, and Damian Cook, I think the two guys that can really swing it in South Sydney's favour is Totola and Sele. And then on the back of that, like Jed Cartwright, Chikam, Havili, and Daniel Saluka Fafita off the bench. Havili can play number nine if he needs to, but other than that, all four basically involved in the forward pack setup. So four forwards on the bench, versatile as well. Chikam and Jed Cartwright can play in the back line. So I think the bench, I think they stand up big time here. I think Totola and Sele stand up big time here. Cook, Walker, and Kolomatangi. So I have said Dragons are a live chance, but with all those factors that I just said, I'm going to go the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Why? Point of difference. They're all working toward one thing. The Premiership Dragons are not. And that doesn't mean South automatically win. Like I said, if you're just going to chuck it in a multi, think about it. Think about it. This has danger game potential. But I'm not going to go the Dragons on danger game potential. I'm going to go with what I know. And that that is South Sydney, are a premiership threat in 2023, year of the rabbit, Rabbitohs over the Dragons. Why? I mean, do I really need to justify any further? Going bunnies. Fuck, just quickly as well. I just, I just stopped recording. Sorry, I'm standing up. And I was like, Campbell Graham. Campbell Graham. How did I not mention Campbell Graham amongst the origin considerations? Pardon me. I've rectified it. Here we go. I had to say something. Campbell Graham. Boom. Anytime try scorer. Might even say first try scorer. Who knows? Um, But yeah, I had to had to fix that. Now, though, we move on to the next Saturday game. Suncorp. Stadium, Suncorp, Stadium. Sorry, I didn't know how to transition from the fucking transition from that uh, Campbell Graham thing. Next up, Suncorp Stadium, second place Broncos host the 11th place Knights. Let me just grab, I got some notes, if that's what you can hear. I just had it at a bit of a weird angle, so it's at the right angle now. Let's get into it. Second place Brisbane Broncos, tied on top of the ladder with Panthers, who are the team to beat. So Broncos looking like the most likely team uh, to really have a special season. Up against the 11th place Knights, they are coming off the bye, and they're in calculations for the top eight. What they need 
is a strong second and third part of the season. And with no Ponga, Gagai are playing Origin, it actually gives them a huge chance to make a run here at a time where they could have probably had their season ended given the crucial outs. So Newcastle Knights, one of the more unlikely teams we'll see in the finals, but they're a chance, which is exciting. That's what's exciting about this season. There's potential for any team to get on a run of really good form and be there come September. So Newcastle Knights, uh, this is as big a game as any for their season. And they're coming up against Brisbane, who've had an amazing last fortnight, winning games where they were expected, at least by myself, to struggle. Their round 15 challenge, Brisbane need to win a game now that they are expected to, which they've done to their credit this season already. But that's the challenge. They've won two huge games that could have dropped them to the lower part of the eight. Well, they sit equal first after winning two games, which I tipped against them. If they can win this one against the Knights and not kind of have a banana peel moment, who knows? Penrith play the Roosters in the next game. And if the Roosters can get over the Panthers with no Nathan Cleary, Broncos have an opportunity to be the lone ladder leaders. And we're beyond the midway point of the season now. So it's no longer like, oh yeah, there's plenty to put footy ahead of us. We are right in the thick of the season. So for Brisbane Broncos, an epic chance for them. And as far as what's at stake, well, that's what's at stake. Either a spot in the eight for the Knights or a spot on top for the Broncos. Now, of course, Ponga has now ruled himself out of origin for the year. Uh, I think that's a fair choice. Why not just focus on his health first and foremost and his club? Well, he's going up against Reese Walsh here. Not head-to-head, but they're the fullbacks for their respective sides. Ponga will want to make a statement, especially given the importance of this game for the Newcastle team. And well, Reese Walsh, we already know, he has a huge part to play for the Broncos this weekend. As does Selwyn Cobbo, who comes back on the wing. They have Cobbo and Oates. Full credit to Jesse Arthurs, who is an awesome player. Uh, but Cobbo and Oates, two great, I mean, that's a great Cobbo and Oates. Sounds like a great combination of last names right there. And they bring a bit of magic. Tyson Gamble, of course, up against his former side. Uh, and the halves battle in general intrigues me a lot. Whoever wins, I mean, you'd have to say it comes down to their halfback. Hastings for the Knights, or Adam Reynolds for the Broncos, who is trying to make a statement and say to Freddie, select me. Select me for State of Origin Game 2, potentially alongside Cody Walker, but I don't want to get too speculative here in this podcast, so we'll focus on this halves battle. Tyson Gamble and Jackson Hastings, which after the Ponga experiment, now Adam O'Brien, he's locked that in as his halves combination, and honestly... Newcastle have been playing at their best when it's been Gamble partnering alongside Hastings. Whilst Ezra Mam, he's lifted his game to a totally new level this year. Really happy with the way he's um, kind of leveled up in defence. And alongside Adam Reynolds, these two, I mean, as a combination, that was kind of the question. Who would partner Adam Reynolds? Tyson Gamble at one stage had a crack, but Ezra Mam. I mean, he has some real spark about him. And it's, I like combinations together, halves that complement each other well. And there was a time where, like, after Ben Hunt, they didn't have 
a natural halfback for a long time. I mean, the biggest point I always think of was Milford and Nikarima, who were both runners of the ball rather than outright natural halfbacks. Then they had Dearden as well, more of a runner of the ball himself, as is Brody Croft. So now they've got Adam Reynolds, who has everything you need in a halfback and more, world-class player, and he has that running game himself. So you don't lose anything and you gain so much. Ezra Mam, he is that natural running 5'8". One of those players who just has magic in his game. The chip and chase is pulling things out where in the modern day with so much structure, your modern half would be kind of hesitant to pull the trigger. And it's that moment of hesitation that is make or break. And Ezra Mam, at points, he just doesn't have that hesitation in his game. But he's dialed it into a point where it certainly isn't a detriment to the team. It's actually a, quite the opposite. And he just picks his moments. And without hesitation, he just, he just makes a play. And he has a team around him who can truly capitalize on that. So the halves battle here interests me a lot. That's probably what I'll be watching the most throughout this contest. And the question, well, my talking point in round 14 was the Broncos' consecutive wins and just how huge they were, not just for their season, but the premiership race as a whole. And the question could be, at this point, with Brisbane the only side on top alongside the Panthers who are looking for the three-peat, are Brisbane the main threat of unsurping the Panthers? Is it time to have that conversation? Maybe. Maybe we wait until after Origin. Uh, Newcastle, it's just a crucial game for their finals chances. If they win, huge shot of confidence. The belief grows. Never know. You never know in season 2023. This could be the start of a beautiful run. Uh, a couple of things I wrote down in terms of the battles across the park. The number nine rotations. For Brisbane, look, Blake Moser, only a matter of time before he bursts on the scene. Uh, but you can't really fault Billy Walters and Corey Pakes. The combination has worked seamlessly, and they're playing well above their paycheck. I'll tell you that much. Whilst on the other side, Phoenix Crossland, potentially Kurt Mann as well. I mean, no Jaden Braley, no Chris Randall anymore. That's the point for the Knights where I think that kind of holds them back from being a finals team, where I think it's kind of unlikely. No disrespect to Phoenix Crossland, but I mean, he came through the grades as a halfback. Has had time playing as a ball piddle, a uh, ball piddle, fucking hell, ball playing middle. I guess you're a ball mid, ball, ball piddle. I'm gonna stop talking before I fuck up again. Uh, but Phoenix Crossland, yeah, he's doing a great job. But I just think when I look at them head to head, Broncos definitely with a better dummy half rotation. Another battle, Adam Elliott up against Patrick Carrigan. We know what Carrigan can bring, but if there's a guy who can match that aggression and that output, it's Adam Elliott, who hasn't had a lot of time playing for the Knights this year, but I think he's a great signing. He was exactly what they needed alongside someone like Jack Hetherington, and if Newcastle are to make an unlikely run, well, Adam Elliott, they want to keep him on the park. Front rowers will be crucial, Leo Thompson, Saifidi twins, of course Payne Haas, probably run over 200 metres in this game. Uh, you got Carrigan who I've, of course, mentioned. Jordan Rickey, 
much improved. You've got Flegler, who now, in the Origin side, has really leveled up his game last season at the Broncos too. Speaking of last seasons, Herbie Farnworth, Katoni Staggs, that battle in the centres up against Dane Gagai, Bradman Best, that's electric right there. Greg Marziu, head-to-head against Selwyn Cobbo, two players with different strengths to their game. And you know one of them is going to have a bit of a day out. Who's it going to be though? Of course, Dominic Young up against Corey Oates. Two pretty tall and rangy players. So the kicking game and as far as how they utilize their wingers is something I'll keep an eye on too. Corey Oates with a great return last weekend. And Sydney Roosters fans licking their lips that Dominic Young, finger licking good, is going to the Roosters. The Chooks. The Chooks. Finger looking good. That just makes me think of KFC. But not sponsored. So we will pass the KFC chat. Final thoughts. I'd be really happy to see the Knights win. And for the sake of the season. Outside of Warriors and Raiders. Like I would love to see all these sides outside of the 8. Really challenge for spots. And keep it this way. Throughout the rest of the season. From top to pretty close to the bottom. Like Dragons ruled out. A couple of sides over the next few weeks will rule themselves out. But other than that, I'd love to see a really healthy competition for spots in the finals. Although Warriors and Raiders are my teams, so a Knights loss is like, okay, that pushes you guys a bit further away from us. Don't mind that. Broncos look like they'll finish above both of my teams. And I'm going to go the Broncos. Tipped against them last two weeks, so as far as why I'm going for them, It's not just because they're the favourites, it's what they've proved to me over the last fortnight. Not that they have anything to prove to me. But what I've seen over the last two weeks, and what I've seen in the season in general, this is a Brisbane Broncos side that are dialed in. I'm locking it in. Brisbane Broncos, I believe they can get it done over the Newcastle Knights and keep themselves on top of the ladder. Saturday night, it is game of the round at Allianz Stadium. Ninth place Sydney Roosters look to get momentum back on their side after last weekend's win. They take on the benchmark of the competition, an honour that the Roosters previously held, but that is no longer the case. The Chooks are fighting just to get into the top eight. The Panthers, they are leading the way in 2023. What a game we have in store, folks. Checking the team news, Joseph Swali'i, three-game ban. Not sure what that was for, maybe uh, for defecting to Union. Just like, fucking cop that, three games, you're out of here. That moves Corey Allen into the centres. Daniel Tupo back. That's massive for the Roosters. And Sandin Smith debuted off the bench last weekend. Uh, He's retained his spot. Very exciting young player, can play in the halves. Has had a bit of a time at fullback recently. So Sandon Smith, player to keep an eye on. Another player I'll be watching, Jack Cogger. He is the one to fill the lofty shoes of Nathan Cleary. Uh, But Cogger, look, Cleary said so himself. In the junior grades, Cogger, a Newcastle youngster, was actually considered ahead of Nathan Cleary. So he's always had potential. He's had experience now at the Huddersfield Giants, the Bulldogs, and the Knights at NRL level. Now he actually comes in to a side that are at the top of their game, 
something in the NRL he hasn't really experienced before. And whilst, yes, there'll be more pressure than he's faced in any of his other games, uh, Jack Cogger. Look, as far as the next guy up, I think Panthers have identified their man beautifully. Probably would have been uh, maybe Isaiah Katoa, but he's at the Dolphins. So Jack Cogger, look, he has experience. He's not untested. So I'm keen to see how he goes in this game. Uh, what else have we got? Stat attack. Tackle break leader this season in the NRL, Dylan Edwards, with 85 tackle breaks. Love that, considering he is in the 500 Cup, the super coach competition I'm running this year. Uh, 500 bucks for the winners of a winner. There's only one. And there's 10 teams. Top six at the end of the year. I know you don't care, but Dylan Edwards, he's my fullback. So I love... Dylan Edwards, and I love tackle breaks. Love tackle breaks. Very exciting. Uh, Panthers, they are in a league of their own. Definitely have been over the last few years. Now, of course, the pack has caught up to them this year, but they are this year's best defensive side. So clearly, they're sitting first. They're the best defensive team in the competition. They're ready to go. The three-peat is well and truly on. Panthers were my pick uh, to win the premiership this season. So, look, if Warriors or Raiders don't get it done, then Panthers probably the team I'll be going for. Uh, what else? What else have we got? Sorry, game of the round. I'm bloody... can't even speak. Uh, let's check out the team battles, shall we? Edwards and Tedesco at fullback. There'll be some numbskulls who's like, oh, this is Dylan Edwards going to break into the blue side. Uh, highly unlikely. Love Dylan Edwards, as I said. But James Tedesco proved his point last weekend. Uh, I think in this one as well, he'll take it kind of personally. All the Dylan Edwards chat. He'll want to just show everyone. And not just show everyone, but also he's the captain of the Roosters. And this is the biggest game of their season. Daniel Tupo and uh, Billy Smith up against Crichton and Toto. That's an all-star battle right there. Isaac Tungo. Good to see him back. And Taruva. Up against Corey Allen and Junior Paonga. You've got Joey Manu and Luke Keary. Still trying to find their feet as a combination against Luai and Koga, who are still also finding their feet as a combination. Uh, but my key battle here is in the front row. Jared Warrior Hargreaves, Lindsay Collins and Matt Lodge. Alongside someone like Nathan Brown and Tupo Niua in the middle. They've got a big task ahead of them. Because Yo, Moses Leota, James Fisher-Harris, Spencer Lanier in the middle. That's the benchmark. That's the best combination in the world, other than St. Helens, apparently. And it's a big task. Roosters no doubt up for it, but Fisher-Harris, Leota, they just lay the platform. And off the back of that, well, usually Cleary. So big opportunity for Jack Cogger here. Uh, and I think whoever can win the battle, specifically in the middle... That's going to take one of these sides to the win. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Final thoughts? Roosters, look, I could tip them here. I really could, but I'm not going to because only under extreme circumstances at the moment am I tipping against the Panthers after the last couple of years. And the Roosters still with a lot of work to do. Now, if they win this, then a bit of a run is on. Uh, but I'll talk about that on the Weekend Rap Podcast on Sunday. So for Roosters, can they get it done? Yes. Will they get it done? 
We will have to tune in this Saturday night to find out. I'm going the Penrith Panthers though. They're my pick for the Premiers. Were the Roosters my pick last year? I can't remember who I even picked for the Premiership last year. I think I picked the Roosters. I did. So I was a bit disappointed last year with their form. I thought, I'm certainly not going to go them twice in a row. Fool me once. Shame on you. Uh, but yeah, ninth place Roosters. A win changes everything. A loss. And it's a tough, it's a tough few weeks coming up. So I'll talk more about that on the weekend rap podcast. But I feel like this is one I'm going to lock in confidently. Jack Cogger to kill it. Penrith Panthers over the Sydney Roosters. Penultimate game of round 15 is a big one in Melbourne, Amy Park to be specific. Our lonesome standalone Sunday contest with top four implications. It's going to be the Melbourne Storm sitting fifth, hoping to break back in to the top four against the Cronulla Sharks, sitting fourth and hoping to defend their position. Now, what excites me most is that we have two premiership contenders right here, but they're hoping to avoid back-to-back losses. So right now, they're actually not at their strongest. I mean, Storm last weekend against the Cowboys, 45 points conceded against the Cowboys who'd been struggling so badly for form. So major alarm bells at times for the Storm. They look like they'd put those kind of performances behind them. But Origin, this is the period they're going to have to navigate and hopefully they can come out the other side in the run to the finals with a close to full strength team. Whilst Cronulla, my only incorrect pick. That's right, I went against the Storm last weekend. Cronulla were the only side that let me down. Really, really disappointed in the way they played against the Broncos. And that's all there is to it. As far as team changes, Justin Olam out with the HIA. Grant Anderson into the centres. Has had limited opportunities. Honestly, hasn't really been able to show much of his ability, which he has plenty of. Uh, But now's a great opportunity going head-to-head against Jesse Ramian. And for the Cronulla Sharks, Cam McInnes is back. And at times, just what they lack is that real grit. Now that Cam McInnes and Dale Finucane are on the park, they are a much, much more resilient team. Uh, For the Melbourne Storm to get a top four finish, that would get them a premiership push outside of the top four, and they're going to probably find it a bit too hard. So for Melbourne, they really need to get this regular season right, something they've always traditionally done well. Uh, But if we cast our minds back to last season, they did have a bit of a decline that hurt their premiership chances. So they would have adjusted and learned from that. And this time around, these are the kind of games that they need to win. They are at home at Amy Park, and their fans will be expecting a much, much improved showing on the smacking they received at the hands of the Cowboys. Whilst Cronulla, I talked about them a little bit in the weekend rap podcast for round 14. I think they just get a little bit too pretty. And in the big games with finals-like intensity, when the going gets tough, I don't know if the Sharks get going. So there's some kind of element there that seems to be what's holding them back from that level they need to reach to be a premiership outfit. Because they're definitely in contention, but 
Yeah, there are definitely a couple of areas where they've been caught lacking. Their last win in Melbourne was 2018, so they really need to reverse that here. Of course, a strong recent rivalry. That'll be reborn here, with Melbourne coming in a bit of an edge, having won four of their fast... Fast? We'll roll with that. Four of their fast five. I guess they were fast. Uh, now, Xavier Coates at Amy Park. 16 tries in 14 games, including like five or six against the Warriors last year. I remember that. That wasn't fun. So Xavier Coates probably going to score a try here. Will Kennedy might too. 12 tries in his past 11. Career best football. Will Kennedy is like a fine wine. Just gets better with age. And game 100. It's a big game for Nick Meany. Game 100 for Nick Meany. Obviously, right now, the biggest talking point is the role he's playing in place of Ryan Pappenhausen. And just in general, as far as this year, will we see Ryan Pappenhausen? And if so, what kind of role? Considering Meany's huge contribution throughout this season uh, to keep that number one spot. Now, Nick Meany started his career at the Newcastle Knights. And just as he was starting to come through as a promising young fullback, Knights signed Kellen Ponga, so there just wasn't a place for him. He goes over to the Bulldogs, was there for a few years trying to play fullback, and just couldn't really nail it down. Now at the Melbourne Storm, game 100, and I've said on the last couple of podcasts, in a lot of cases you're not a 100% NRL player, or at least like, you know, have enough experience to show all your strengths at that level, until you've played 100 games. There are many exceptions to that, and young players more confident than ever. Uh, but Nick Meany at game 100, he's only just starting to really come into his own. So that is exciting. It is a big game for Nick Meany. And the Storm, well, this is a team that lift a lot for milestone games. And given what Nick Meany has done for them this year, you just know the boys are going to give a little back for him in this big game. Key battle, though. They're not same position, but they're playing... Uh, head-to-head on sides of the park, Cam Munster, Nico Hines. Nico Hines, of course, trying to gain that Blues halfback jersey. He is every chance, given his form. And this is the ultimate audition, head-to-head with Cameron Munster. Of course, playing the backup roles, but way more than that, having a huge role to play here. Jerome Hughes, Matt Moylan in this contest as well. Uh, But as far as the game itself, this comes down to toughness. I think it comes down to the Ford Packs, your Fanukins, Kafusis, uh, Britton Nakora, Cam McInnes, uh, up against, well, Melbourne Storm, who are trying to establish this new era with guys like Trent Loyero, Josh King, Ali Katoa, of course, Christian Welsh trying to gain his spot back in the Maroons lineup. This is a huge game, and given that the Sharks were the only team that let me down last weekend, I'm going to go with the Melbourne Storm here. There's been a couple of times when the Sharks have let me down, which hasn't been many times. I still have them as premiership contenders. But last weekend was one of them, and it's kind of soured me. I thought there was a very, very strong chance we see them at least in the grand final this year. But now I'm seeing elements of their game that could come back to bite them in the ass come come finals. And this is coming from a bloke who has never played in an NRL final. So you know this is some legit talk right here. Uh, but my personal thoughts, I might go to this game. What day is it? Sunday. 
you have the day off. Maybe. Maybe. There is a big UFC pay-per-view. Uh, but I'm going to go the Storm. Sharky's let me down. So yeah, there is an element of bias. Uh, but Melbourne Storm also need to respond. And in a game that really is 50-50, Storm have the edge in recent times. And they didn't let me down last weekend, even though they lost. So, yep, I'm going to go the Melbourne Storm on that basis. We're locking it in. Storm over the Sharkies. We now move on to the final game of round 15. We finished strong. Monday. Some Monday footy action. 4pm. King's birthday. Happy birthday, King. Just baffles me that he has the same birthday as the Queen, uh, but makes it easy for the public holiday. Happy birthday, my King. Happy birthday, my King. First time I've sung on the podcast, um, that was a bit fucked, so let's cut to the chase. Final game of round 15. This season is flying by. I feel like it was March, like a minute ago. Here we are in round 15. Monday, 12th of June, at Core Stadium. The 15th placed Bulldogs look to give their finals hopes a shot in the arm. I think I got that out right. Whoopsie-daisy. Against the 12th placed Eels who are the favourites, but gee whiz, a bit of turmoil going on, which I won't get too into, but obviously I'll have to mention at some point. But I'll start with last weekend. Parramatta having the bye, whilst the Bulldogs, it was an epic uh, epic effort in defeat against the Chooks. Unfortunately, that loss could be a game that really burns Canterbury at the end of the season. Checking stat attack, Mike Acevo is the NRL's leading try scorer. 15 tries in 13 games. He has now scored 45 tries in his past 50 games. The Bulldogs have conceded more penalties, 94, than any other team in 2023. They cannot afford, thanks to David Middleton, by the way, for that stat, they cannot afford to give away simple penalties here because that's exactly how you let the Eels into a game that you could actually beat them in. Now, Bulldogs have only won three of their past 15 games against the Eels. But they're at different points now. This is a Bulldogs side on the up, which you couldn't really say for the most part of their last 15 games. Eels have won, or only, the Eels, let me fucking, oh my goodness, see, it's last game, falling apart, usually after the hour mark. Eels have won eight of their past 10 clashes against the Bulldogs. Okay, I think they fucked up. The Eels only have won eight of their past ten. Yeah, that was NRL.com's fuck up. Thanks a lot, David Middleton. From the bottom of my heart, though, good stats. Uh, Bulldogs winger Josh Adekar scored 21 tries in 18 games at a course stadium. And Eels coach Brad Arthur, congratulations to him. He's going to surpass Brian Smith's record of 243 games at the helm of the club. So congrats to Brad Arthur. And last one on stat attack, Bulldogs have won their past three games played on the June long weekend. There's an interesting one for you. Team news, uh, Bull Reed Marnie has been named to play. Uh, Marnie, some kind of concussion thing, he's going to be playing though. Jacob Kiraz is back in, so that's a huge in. And Harrison Edwards starts at lock. Uh, he's been much improved, good young prospect. For the Eels, well, huge in. Regan Campbell-Gillard has been named to return. Andrew Davey is also back. 
And Dylan Brown, this well, uh, allegedly five counts or a complaint of sexual touching. I don't know what's happened there. I haven't read anything about it. So we just have to wait and see. Uh, but it, it is relevant to the game. I don't think Dylan Walker plays this weekend. Uh, whether he's in, you know, the right or not, that's not what I'm debating here. I just don't think in the current climate that he will play this weekend. So the huge thing that we should be talking about is the makeup of their spine. Now, all the talk is that Clint Gutterson is going to move into the halves. But then the question is, who's your X-Factor fullback? Well, if they can sign Connor Tracy, that's the guy in my opinion. But right now, from within their own squad, Sean Russell, Bailey Simonson. They are seemingly the contenders. And honestly, I like Sean Russell. He was my one to watch for the Eels in the preseason. And Bailey Simonson still got a, a bit of work to do. He's trying to solid, uh, solidify himself in a set position. He was playing wing for the longest time. He's only just finding his feet in the centres. Uh, so Sean Russell to fullback. Hodgson and Hands, that's the combination as far as dummy half. But yeah, Gutho, if he's into the halves, this is a huge change up. Especially losing Dylan Brown at a point of their season where the Eels cannot afford to lose. It adds a lot of pressure to Mitchell Moses. I feel sorry for the bloke, but I also have no doubt he's going to lift in the absence of his halves partner. He's had a great 2023 to date, and now a lot more of the responsibility falls on the shoulders of Mitch Moses. But he's someone I think when the pressure's on, despite some fans' perception, I think he's always up to these big occasions. So Mitch Moses, huge game for him. Whilst on the other side of the park, the Bulldogs have a halves pairing, and I'm going to say they don't sign Ben Hunt, even if they're in the Ben Hunt room. Uh, but this could be the Bulldogs' halves combination for the next decade plus. Matt Burton, Carl Oluwapu. Burton is every chance of being in the Blues 17, whilst Oluwapu could be a future Queensland Maroon. There is no doubt about that. And then you've even got, on the bench, the one to watch. Khaled Rajab, a Lebanese international can play in the halves, can play fullback. Uh, you'd have to say if he's playing off the bench, may even fill in a dummy half. Uh, so the three of them, I mean, I think they can combine very nicely, not just this year, uh, but in the long term going forward. Key battle, I've highlighted the forwards here. RCG coming back in alongside Paolo being available from Origin. Uh, up against Tevita Pangai Jr., Max King. You'd have to say... Eels can probably get on the front foot there, throw in Jermaine Hopgood. Bryce Cartwright got a bit of magic about him, but so does Jacob Preston. My goodness, what a first year he is having. But I do see, ultimately in the battle of the Ford pack, the Eels having the major advantage. Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paolo. That's my point of difference here. I think that can really be the Eels' path to victory. Dominance through the middle and allow Mitch Moses, Clint Gutherson, to really get on the back of that. Bulldogs, well, they're just fighting for their season every single game. They continue to show up. I'm loving the fight, and they've got a very bright future ahead. Now, for Parramatta, outside of all the Dylan Brown stuff, the other talking point now is the final series beyond last year's runners-up. Dylan Brown out is just at the time of the season that it's come, 
couldn't be worse other than a final series because they have to win week in, week out to even have a chance. They face the scenario now, Parramatta. Win or go home. Bulldogs, same, but they aren't the runners-up from last year. They are a side that are building toward a big future. Parramatta are supposed to be competing for the Premiership. They're win or go home. They're facing a lot of adversity. It is going to require a response. And for Parramatta, well, the hardest thing for them is that their final series starts right now. How much gas does this side have left in the tank? I'm sure they'll have plenty, but yeah, the finals for them starts now. So by the time we come out of Origin in the run home, they may have had to use up all their energy just to keep themselves in the mix. So they basically just have to keep winning. It's as simple as that. Winner keeps themselves in the finals race. Losers suffer a major blow to their hopes of the season. For Parramatta, there is a bounce back and response factor given everything that's gone on in the last week. They've got their big boppers in the middle and if they can't lift for this game, then I don't think they can lift for a finals push. I was going to go the Bulldogs, uh, but I've changed my pick last minute based on the point of the difference, Hopgood, Paolo and Campbell Gillard. So we're locking it in. Final pick of the round, I'm not too sure about this one. Honestly, I'll probably be cheering for the Bulldogs, hoping they win. Uh, But in the interest of trying to get a perfect week in tipping, I'm going to go the Parramatta Eels here. Changed my pick. I think it's a tight contest, but Eels just simply, it's non-negotiable. Have to win this game. May the best team win, but that is it for the weekly preview podcast. Uh, Round 15. We've done the preview. Now we've got to look forward to the weekend wrap, of course, coming out just after the games this Sunday. Today, all about the preview, weekend wrap, all about the review. Uh, But I'll save that for the weekend. We're just a tick under 90 minutes. So I'm going to call it there. That is it for today. As always, thank you for listening. Never forget, take care of yourselves. And most importantly, enjoy the footy this weekend. 